are ready. Let's do this. Pop away. Welcome in to this week's episode of the Sports Gospel Show here on sportsgospel.com or wherever you find your favorite sports podcasts. It is called the Sports Gospel as a tongue-in-cheek joke on ourselves. It has nothing to do with religion, in case you were curious. I've been asked before. Uh, no, it's just making fun of ourselves because we're so sure that we're right. And more often than not, we miss a thing or two. We're here to talk a little bit of everything in the sports world. That's what our show is about. We go around the horn, talk about different topics. This week will be the second half of our college football preview. Shannon and Kevin back on after a nice long hiatus they got to have over the summer months. For me, summer out, here, break. out here on the West Coast, it is a lovely 105 degrees today. And for you guys, it is state fair time. Have you done your state fairing? Not yet. Saturday. Um, I have not been to the state fair since 2017, so I'm not going to make it Saturday either. You don't sound too upset about it. I'm not. <clears throat> I like to um, uh, a be a fun hater and b appreciate when my bank account has a positive balance. Lame. <laughs> Kevin's got like seven kids to take to the fair. Yeah, I uh, we normally go on a weekday, but my uh, some relatives are coming on Saturday, so we're waiting to go with them on like the busiest day of the year for the fair. So that's <laughs> cool. That. I was like, wait, isn't the second um, Saturday the worst day? But yeah, we went, I think, let's see, it was, it was probably like 2021, so we're kind of still in the, the covid time. We went on like a Tuesday. It was so empty. It was fantastic. <laughs> so be a little bit different this Saturday. It'll probably be like in the 90s or something too, so good time to well, walk around. I, I'm not near, like I'm 40 miles north of Des Moines, so it's only 95 here on Saturday. Oh, awesome. I'm not sure what that means for Des Moines. But the sun will be shining. You'll probably get a tan. Excellent. Perfect so I'm going for there for well, we're gonna jump right into this here. We've got the Big Twelve, the SEC, and the mid majors. If there's any of the smaller schools that these guys like who they think may have a shot at a playoff spot or who's gonna make the New Year six. But we'll I'll let you guys just go with it here. We will start with the best conference in college football, the Big Twelve. And it feels like a wide open race this year. I'm going to let one of you guys say it if you want to say it. If you want to say the line about Texas, they are the prohibitive favorite coming into this season. But I don't feel that there is a strong candidate anywhere in the Big 12. Does TCU come back to the pack? Is K-State real? Is Oklahoma going to get back to it? And what about all these new teams we have coming in? BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, all joining the Big 12. So the floor is yours to tell us what's going to happen in the Big 12 this year. With Texas, I mean, they're everyone says they're a favorite, right? But it's not like people are saying they're like a top five team, right? So they're what, 11th in the AP poll. So they are the best talented team in the Big 12. But it's everyone's saying, oh, they're overhyped, like, you know, like always. But I think they probably deserve where they're actually at. Now it's can they live up to the hype? And I've definitely been out on their coaching staff to ever achieve the success that maybe they're they're listed at. And so – you get your doubts from there, but then you're like, okay, well, who's who's team number two? And the team that, according to the odds makers at least, has the second best chance of uh, making a championship game is Oklahoma. And that's only because their name's Oklahoma, but their schedule is really easy, which maybe gives them that that inroads is that they have an easy schedule to get in there. But you know, who's number two? I don't know. So I would probably say, yeah, take Texas because that's really the only thing you kind of feel good about who's even has a quality roster across the board, Texas. Um, 
definitely don't feel good about it. But yeah, Texas, I'll take them. I'll take that line for you, Darren. Thank you. You didn't. You didn't say it though. You didn't officially. You didn't officially codify the statement. Texas is back. Yeah, and they are going to dominate the Big Twelve. Yes. So it's it's worth pointing out to our listeners that you are ISU's bookie, and I noticed that you did not pick Iowa State to be in the Big Twelve title game. Besides the Cyclones, who else are you thinking has no chance to compete against Texas for the Big Twelve title? West Virginia, Houston, Cincinnati, BYU, UCF. I'm very close to saying UCF, but I won't quite include them in the has no chance group. The the two I wanted to ask you about would be Kansas and TCU. Because I why I ask is I think UCF has a better chance. They're a wide open offense and they got fast dudes. I think they have a better chance than those two. And that's why I don't I give them a chance. What about Kansas and TCU? TCU is probably close. Um, you feel much better about the kind of talent they might have on their team and if the, the the coaches they have. And even if they lost some really good guys, they're in Texas. They've always had decent talent, even if the team hasn't produced. Kansas, they're tricky. They You know, they really fell apart kind of late in the season last year, but they score so many points, and they have so much of their offense back again that if they're scoring 30, 35 points every single game, it's going to be tough to beat them, even if their defense is still bad. It's probably going to be slightly better. Um, I don't think they have any shot of being a top two. I'd never take Kansas to be in the top two, but I would say they're going to be a better shot than those other ones I listed and maybe right on par with UCF. So that leaves – we. you said Texas, Oklahoma. We've got Kansas State, Texas Tech, Baylor, and Oklahoma State as well. Um I I don't like Oklahoma coming out that what Brett Venables did there last year was was tear it down and I don't think he's built it back up. You talk about the schedule, I don't I don't think it matters. Kansas State is a far superior coached team. And while they don't have the talent returning, they're somebody that can build a program. So I like their chances better. I also like Baylor's chances to get there. I, I think Texas Tech is in the right direction. I don't know that they're going to be in that title game, but you certainly can't count them out. I'd I'd love to see Kansas State make it back there. They won it last year. I'd love to see them make it back, but I, I just don't think it'll be Oklahoma. Um, so so here's for cheering for a, a Kansas State or a Texas Tech. I'd be good with either of those two, and that's that's probably some good options. I don't I don't like Oklahoma by any means. Um, you know Kansas State. Yeah, they're good. Texas Tech, um, you know, they – I'm looking at how they did last year. I'm not sure they actually beat any teams that were really good. They lost to North Carolina State, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Baylor, TCU. So they got Texas in overtime really early in the year last year and beat them. Um, and they beat Oklahoma in overtime late, but Oklahoma's all falling apart. Kansas, Iowa State, West Virginia. Like, Texas Tech, they got some guys, but they didn't really – do much last year that was impressive, I would say. So right direction, absolutely. They've been pretty terrible for a period of time. So um, an eight-win team, sure. Um, I don't think I don't think there's good as Kansas State. Um, Oklahoma State, I would say they got they got all the new teams. So if all those teams are kind of down, that's four wins right there. They play Iowa State early. So even if Iowa State gets 
some stuff figured out. They're going to be missing a bunch of guys or most likely anybody tied up in the gambling stuff is going to be out. Um, good time to play Iowa State. They play West Virginia. So right there, that's six wins for Oklahoma State out of the games they play in the conference. So I think they have a good shot. I have no idea if their team's any good, um, but they have a, a really easy schedule. Um, I don't think they're as good as Kansas State, though. But the, the uneven scheduling, that's kind of a new thing with the Big 12 now is what do these schedules look like and will that actually impact who's in the top two? We don't have divisions. We're not broken out that way. Not everyone's playing everybody. So I think this could be a year that you see those uneven, schedule, uneven schedules play an impact in who makes it to the championship game that might not be the second best team. I'm thinking that is part of what's fun about the Big 12. I Is the Big 12 the worst Power 5 heading into the season? Because there's not really a top dog as good as people think Texas is. At least the ACC has Clemson and Florida State. The Pac-12 has Oregon and Washington. Probably. <laughs> so you guys sound like you still have some hope for TCU. I'm worried about this team completely falling off without Max Duggan primarily, but then also Quentin Johnson. Are we buying into Sonny Dykes that much, or is it just the fact that they're TCU, so they're going to have talent as a Texas school? So Max Duggan lost the quarterback job last year, Chandler Morris. So it's hard to say Chandler Morris is going to be better, but before the season started, he was who they thought was the better quarterback. So I don't know if there's be a whole lot of step back at that position, but he's not going to have the weapons to uh, work around him. Yeah. I, for certain contest reasons, I do want Oklahoma to be back. I think the fun race is K-State and Texas Tech, though. K-State's probably going to be my pick to win it because I just can't trust Texas. Texas Tech is intriguing, and then Oklahoma State's just going to go 9-3 and three like they always do and lose it late. I think you guys touched on this, but to be clear, of the four new teams, who do you trust the who who has the best shot in year one between BYU, Cincy, UCF, and who am I blanking on? Houston. It's got to be Central UCF. Uh, the Gus Malzahn is a winner, and and it's not a long term thing, but he's going to win when he shows up. He's got the best talent. Um, the chain smoker himself. Dana Holgerson's driving Houston into the ground. Cincinnati has a new head coach and, and BYU is an average team. So um, while they do some really nice things as a program, it still comes down to UCF having the best chance. Do they still have a quarterback who's been there about a dozen years? He finally gone. They probably have him. Let's see. Here. What's his name? Mackenzie Milton. Yeah. Is he still there? Uh, no, he is definitely not there. <laughs> um, UCF, John Rice Plumley, who started last year. Is he like is he with the other Plumley brothers? Uh, I don't think so. Miles and Mason. I'm not for sure. Maybe he's a cousin. So uh, any individual players we need to keep an eye on? I was looking at the preseason rankings, the All-American teams on CBS, and I believe the best player is considered an offensive guard from Kansas State. Uh, is it Cooper Beebe? He's the he's the prohibitive best player in the Big Twelve this year, which doesn't bode all that well. No, I don't think there's any big names. They got, I mean, there's there's plenty of fun players. Kansas has a number of players. Um, Xavier Worthy is a pretty good receiver. Um, but you know, I'm looking. Brennan Presley is a preseason first team receiver for the Big Twelve. Like he's a fine receiver, but if that's one of your top top receivers in the league, I just don't think there's any breakout stars. There's no 
Bijan Robinson, um, you know, the running backs that are on there, Kansas Baylor's running back, like those are just okay guys. There's no, no star players. Right. I'm trying to figure out Baylor, Dave Aranda, year one Dave Aranda or year two Dave Aranda, which are we going to get? I, I feel like they're going in the wrong direction. It just seems like they keep, um, like I'm looking at who they're bringing back and it's just very few guys that were much of anything. Um, six and seven last year. I feel like he's a good coach, but I think we might learn a lot more this year if they, they only won six games, maybe even seven games that they don't look like they're on the trend back up that maybe he is just an average coach. Looking at college football news has their strength of schedule. Number one hardest, Iowa State. So if you already were a mediocre team and then half your players are gone for betting and then you have the toughest schedule. West Virginia 2, Texas 3, Texas Tech 4, Kansas 5. At the other end, easiest schedules, UCF with the easiest, Baylor at 13th, and Cincinnati at 12th. To put a bow on the Big 12, what is your your Big 12 title game, and does the Big 12 winner make the playoff? I will take Texas. I think, I think you talked me into Kansas State. Texas over Kansas State, um, and no, no playoff. I'm going to take Texas over UCF, no playoff. I will take K-State over Texas and no playoff. So we're what are we playing for, the Cotton Bowl bid? Is that what we're after? I believe so, unless that's a playoff game this year. Yeah, we should, I, I should. think you can. Uh, I think you get a good deal on UCF to make the championship game. I thought I heard someone say it was like plus two thousand or something like that. It was a nice, uh, a nice little one to get something on. Well, Shannon better be all over that. <clears throat> I just sold my car, so I'm going to dump that in on that, and then buy a really nice car. I want Kevin to keep track of how much he spends at the fair on Saturday. However much he spent on the fair, you take the same amount and bet it on UCF. Yeah, I don't want to know. And well, what when we talk about is that buying anything? Because half the time, once once Maricel and especially if she's there with her sister, maybe her mom, they get into the the building where they just sell all those little vendors and they're selling <laughs> pillows and other things you don't need. That's that's really where the money goes is when you get in there. Usually the, the kids just playing games and they don't, they don't buy much food. So it's really food for me and the art, the uh, rides and games for the kids is where the money goes. So that's, that's not too bad. I think, I think the tally starts from the time you park into a sketchy stranger's driveway for the day and park in their front yard. Yeah. I'll, I'll add it up. But I might not tell you what that number ends up being. <laughs> Well, that is the Big 12. An interesting year for the conference, a bit of a transition. Is Texas really back? Can Oklahoma climb back in or Texas Tech or TCU or K-State for real? And how do the new teams do? So a lot of questions in the final incarnation of this Big 12 before Texas and Oklahoma say goodbye and most of the Pac-12 joins the fray. So kind of a swan song for this iteration of the conference. We'll jump over into the probably actually best college football conference, the SEC AP Top 25 poll to start the year, Georgia number one, Alabama number four, LSU five, Tennessee 12, Ole Miss 22, Texas A&M 23, 
conference loaded top to bottom, a team that you're almost prohibitively expected to have two teams in the playoff hunt. So let's start there. The top of the SEC, how are we feeling? Georgia has a nice, easy schedule. So I think you probably feel pretty good that their path to the SEC championship, at least, is is pretty easy. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know how good they might be. I think they're definitely taking a step back from the last two years to this year. They got, what, Tennessee late. I think last game, second to last game, somewhere late in the season. Yeah, so yeah, they. I think it's the second to last when everybody else in the conference is taking powder puffs. Tennessee and Georgia are playing each other, and then whatever they call the Georgia Georgia Tech rivalry is the last game. So you got you got kind of this easy schedule leading into that. Tennessee's got a little bit more bumpy schedule, but I don't I don't know what Tennessee has to be able to to push Georgia. Maybe maybe they have enough. Maybe Milton um, and the players they got there and that offense can give Georgia a run for their money. But I'd say Georgia to the championship game. Um, if they get, if they're 12 and 0, they don't need to win the championship game at that point. They're in the playoffs. So that's, that's really the work they need to do is just keep everything rolling into that Tennessee game. Um, you know, Tennessee, I don't think they're going to be a good, this, as good this year, a step back. They got a lot of guys back, but um, we'll see what Milton can do. And I guess that'd be the big make or break. How, how good is he throughout an entire season? He looked okay in the moments he got, or maybe better and okay, good um, in the bowl game and stuff last year. So he's definitely played a lot. Um, you know, he's been around, so that's that's good. It's not just new guys trying to step in and run that offense. So um, they should be as long as everyone's healthy, humming at the end of the year. Alabama, if they, I mean, this is always Alabama. If they had any other team name, if that was Kansas State, they would be nowhere ranked number four in the country. Um, when you kind of think of all the good Alabama teams recently, the teams playing for championships, um, NFL starting caliber quarterback, superstar receivers across the board. And this year they have not really any of that. I mean, who, who knows their actual receivers names that are not hardcore college football fans, probably not a lot of people. It's not household names like they've had in the past, um, breaking in a new quarterback, um, and I'm not even, not even sure they know who the quarterback is going to be. Maybe they do, but um, it just doesn't seem like it's that high-level Alabama team we've seen in the past. And so I, I would not put them winning the West. Um, I would take LSU. Nobody likes Brian Kelly, but he's a really good football coach, and he's coaching a place that's really easy to get a lot of top talent. They have a really good quarterback. They have a ton of players back on their team. They already won the West last year and beat Alabama. Um, I would say LSU is the best team in the West, and they will win the West. I want to go back to Tennessee a little bit because I, I am totally in agreement with you on, on them taking a step back. Here are some of their players that were drafted last year. Darnell Wright, tackle, first round, Hendon Hooker, quarterback, Jalen Hyatt, Darren's favorite wide receiver in the draft, and Cedric Tillman, another wide receiver in the draft. So you got some ballers there that were drafted, and Alex Golesh leaving to go take over South Florida as the, from the offensive coordinator to become the head coach. So you're losing all these pieces plus a great coach. Um, I get that Josh Heupel has done a lot of good work there. It's different to reload at Alabama or Georgia than it is at Tennessee. So I, I am with you. I don't think, I don't even think they're the second best team, but then the problem becomes, well, well, who is um, by default, it's Florida. They're a year away. Florida is, however, the rest of the division is trash. Like <clears throat> Spencer Rattler is going to lead me to a playoff. Yeah, right. There's no way. And so that's where uh, 
you, you look at Florida now jumping to the other side where it's at least competitive. I think A&M's probably got to win nine or 10 games um, just to prove that Jimbo isn't a, a terrible coach. I mean, he, it's pretty clear he's an awful human, but not a terrible coach. Brian Kelly is a, at least a decent coach on top of being an awful human. Um, I'd love to see LSU win that division. I don't know that they will. Um, Saban is really good at revenge games, especially when the talent is close to even as it will be with LSU as you look at all the five stars. So I'm, I'm not with you on LSU because I, I just want to kind of be a little different. I hope you're right, but I am going to stay with Alabama, um, Alabama, Georgia, uh, coming out of the sec and, and we're like, well, who could beat Georgia? And, and that's just when you see that happen, um, they're going for a three peat. Where are they going to trip up is, is, uh, kind of the question to figure out, but those two will meet for the sec title. You guys hit on something here, and I think I talked about this on our last preview. The SEC quarterback game feels very below average, especially when you look at the Pac-12, who has like seven or eight excellent quarterbacks and a couple of future NFL players. And College Football News, for example, their preseason best SEC quarterback is K.J. Jefferson out of Arkansas. I'm not even really sure who that is. But then, like you say, Spencer Rattler may actually be the best quarterback in the SEC, which is not a great sign for the SEC. Or um, who's the other one that I'm blanking on right now? Daniels at LSU. It's just it feels like a very weird time for the SEC when you think of the best conference with the best teams. And maybe it is. okay. we have elite linemen, receivers, running backs, defensive backs and edge rushers. Quarterbacks just need to manage the game. But it feels like a down year in the SEC, which makes this feel more wide open for me that as of right now, we don't know who's going to have elite quarterback play in the conference. Yeah, they're, they're good college quarterbacks. Jake KJ Jefferson, good college quarterback, right? Will Rogers is one of the, the top people at the list I'm looking at in Mississippi State, and he's, you know, getting a solid quarterback. It's not there's no Joe Burrow type player. And Jane Daniels is pretty fun, um, but you know, some big names have been there in the most recent years. Um, usually at Alabama, um, but kind of throughout that conference that you have a lot of star quarterbacks. Um, and now, I mean, KJ Jefferson's a much different um, player, but there's, it does not look like the typical SEC roster of quarterbacks. And and <clears throat> you made the point about Jane Daniels, but he's a baller. And in watching him a couple years ago at Arizona state, like he was the only thing on that team. Rashad white was a good player, but Jane Daniels was the only thing that kept that team moving. Like he is super fun to watch. And so um, if nothing else, find him sometime and, and just watch him play. He's really uh, just a superstar athlete. Is it, is it JT Daniels? Is he the one who's on a new team every single year? It's not because Jaden Daniels only transferred once, but JT Daniels has gone from like somewhere to West Virginia to, I think I saw him earlier today on like a a mid-major school. And I'm like, is this guy, is this still the same guy in college? Yeah. Where's, where's he at? Where you go? It's not Western Kentucky, is he? No, I, it's, it's like UTSA or Memphis. No, he's at Rice. Rice. But how many, look that up. How many teams has he played for? I feel like he's been at four teams in four years. USC. Georgia, West Virginia, and Rice. (laughs) There you go. So you can get a medical red shirt and a COVID year. I mean, that's six years. Jeez. But to be on a new team every year? 
he's only 23. He's just scratching the surface. And to go down every single year? Yeah, well. <laughs> he can be the best player in Rice history, I guess. Kind of like Christian Hackenberg. Remember when he was all that as a freshman? And then, mm-hmm. like, he just got worse. And then the Jets. You guys know who else is on the Rice roster? Who? Luke McCaffrey. Oh, yeah. So Luke McCaffrey. Let's let him ball out. Yeah, another quarterback. Do some double passes out there. He's a receiver. And a starting receiver for the Rice Owls. He should have been a starting receiver at Nebraska, but he was too stubborn. Yeah, that's uh, that's a team to look out for. Rice here. You look at their over-under. I mean, not that I'm going to bank anything on JT Daniels. I think I looked but, at them uh, earlier, and they were like 113th projected to finish. 5-8 and eight last year. Start out at Texas. Very exciting for them. So my pick here on the East, I think it's going to be Georgia. You'd be foolish slash stupid to not pick Georgia. I am always going to pick Florida. Billy Napier fan, I believe that he can get this team there. We'll see what life is like after Anthony Richardson. Who do they have waiting in the wings? I agree that Tennessee's going to take a step back. And yes, we will make fun of Spencer Rattler given every chance on this show, but South Carolina may be the second best team in the East. That could be a 10-win team if he's actually improving and getting better. So while I, I would love for it to be Georgia, uh, Florida to challenge Georgia, we may be looking at the Gamecocks as the true number two. The West, Alabama is going to be my pick to win the SEC. I think Alabama beats Georgia. I'm tired of seeing that matchup. It just feels like the way to go, though. With the wonderfully named Kool-Aid McKinstry in the defensive side, and as a Dallas Turner, I believe, is the next Will Anderson for them. It's Nick Saban's defense. They're always going to be reloaded. Defense, special teams are going to be great. Offensive line play is going to be solid. It's what do they get out of their weapons? Do they have the backs, the receivers, and the quarterback to uh, you know, flush out this team? I think they do have enough to get it done in the West. With KJ Jefferson, is Arkansas the real deal? I am not sold on LSU. That's the team I am out on that may get an upset here or there, but they're not a team that I think is going to contend the way everybody else does. Everybody's best friend, your best friend in mine, Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. That's the team I really like. Jimbo, I think, is going to fizzle at Texas A&M again. And they, I mean, eight and four, maybe it's fizzling by their standards. But I'm going Alabama one and Ole Miss two here in the West because I believe in Lane Kiffin. Very fancy. Everyone be pretty excited if Lane Kiffin and Nick Saban are playing each other to win the West. Hopefully well, that game's late in the season. Who's that Ole Miss running back? Who's supposed to be the best running back in the country this year. Uh, Quinshawn Judkins, sophomore running back at Ole Miss. That's a name you can't forget and a name to get to know from Ole Miss. Have you seen, have you seen any of the videos of his workouts or running? I have not. Oh my God. You, you and your listeners need to make like five minutes and search up a highlight video because like you can feel the pain in your own shoulder and back by watching him run over and through people. I thought he was like a small shifty guy. Yeah. Dynamite's a small package, dude. That's true. Yeah. But he's not like some Derrick Henry six, four monster. No, 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 no. But he's just a freak athlete. Huh. Can, can Darren, can I hijack this for one minute? Go crazy. All right. We're going to play the fun text message game on podcast here. We're going to go through Rice's schedule, the Luke McCaffrey Rice team featuring JT Daniels. Rice at Texas. You can guess their offensive coordinator. That's a bonus point, too. For oh, this. yeah. You get a bonus point on that one. Uh, Rice at, at Texas. It it, that's a loss. Is this what we're okay. doing? We're doing win loss? Yeah. Yeah. We're doing win loss. They are getting uh, 
28 points or 35 points in that game or something. Okay. All, All right. right. Houston at Rice. Houston. We're 0-2. Texas Southern at Rice. 1-2. and two. Rice at South Florida. Ooh, that's a toss-up. Isn't USF is terrible right now, aren't they? Uh, yes, but they have two. Alex Golish as their head coach. Two and two. He needs more than one year. All right. Um, so Rice is at two wins. Going, uh, let's see, East Carolina at Rice. Loss. Kevin's UConn team at Rice. I can't remember how I went. I think I gave this one to UConn. I think we're at two and four. Rice going to Tulsa. Loss. Tulane at Rice. Loss. Two and six. SMU at Rice. Loss. Two and seven. Rice at UTSA. Loss. Two and eight. Rice at Charlotte. I'll go with Rice. And then to finish out the year, FAU at Rice. Ooh. And what's our over under? Do you have their win totals? Is that what we're looking at? Yeah, but I'm not telling you that until we finish the game. FAU. FAU. I don't know what to make of FAU this year, but it just feels like a safer bet to pick FAU. Don't they have Butch Davis or something as their coach? No, they got Tom Herman, man. Oh, yeah. I'll go, I'll go FAU. I think we're looking at three and nine for Rice. Absolutely. And Tom Herman's going to put up 65 points every chance he gets. So you said three and nine? Yeah. Okay. They're over under four and a half. Ooh. I feel like Kevin's hammering eight wins on them. He shook his head a lot when you were doing that. They got, they got JT Daniels. I think I shook my head at uh, Tulsa. That was probably the only one. Is that because Tulsa's terrible? For, yeah. They do have a hard schedule for uh, for being a Rice type team. That at Texas, Houston's probably difficult. East Carolina's decent. UConn's decent enough. Tulane, SMU, UTSA—that's quite a stretch right there to kind of get to. And yeah, Tom Herman at a small school—that's where he belongs. Uh, end of the season, I, I wouldn't want to play. I don't know how good FAU is, but playing them at the end of the season with Tom Herman there now—not a good time to play them either. So it's probably not going to look good for uh, for those guys. <laughs> Well, Darren, you can still buy a JT Daniels jersey and support him. Does he have his own shop for all of his different schools? You might. A fanatic store for JT Daniels. (laughs) So I I went the under. So do we ever get Kevin's actual answer on going over under the four and a half? I'd I'd definitely take the under. Do you guys? Barely though. Four and eight. Four and eight. Do one of you with all your betting knowledge have the, like, every team's over-under, like, who's got the lowest win total odds, if you understand that question? I don't, I don't have that on me, but that's what I use for our Webby on deciding who I'm going to pick. Hmm. So here's one. Um, oh, I just had it and I lost it. Okay, Massachusetts. Okay, so the worst team in D1. Over two. <laughs> okay. But you could get plus money if you take the under. Under two. It's just one. <laughs> so is that, is that the lowest one, UMass? So far what I've seen. Because there's like a two and a half in a three. FIU's three and a half. Indiana's three and a half. Kent State, two and a half. They lost every single player, manager, coach, water boy. <laughs> People who mow the grass at the practice field, they all left. They have nobody left. UMass, two and a half where I'm looking. Let's see. A UMass, under two and a half, minus 130. So if you think they're going to get that second win. Yeah, that second win's critical there. 
Northwestern two and a half. UMass must have some D2 or FCS competition mixed in there. They probably could see we got an independence here. Where's that fall in the alphabet? After B, right? Independence. Let's see. Oh, UMass. Let's see here. Here's the they one that. Mexico State, Auburn, Miami of Ohio, Eastern Michigan, New Mexico, Arkansas State, Toledo, Penn State, Army, Merrimack, Liberty, and Yukon. So we got Merrimack's one. Do they get another win other than Merrimack? Eastern Liberty. Michigan. Arkansas State's not very good. Eastern Michigan's probably bad, aren't they usually? Eastern, no, Eastern Michigan's decent. No way, now. man. Eastern Michigan's good. Miami, Ohio's probably okay. New Mexico State's much better these days. I'm definitely not over two. I feel like you could uh, you could really go after the under the two, and at worst, you're going to push. So they get UMass gets to make two trips to New Mexico in one year. They have New Mexico and New Mexico State. New Mexico's at home, ah. but they get to go to New Mexico State and to Auburn. So I'm going to take the under the two at, at plus one hundred five. Then, all right, Darren, we can go back to whatever you were talking about. Now we're just we're going to go to the mid majors here in a minute. I just wanted to put a bow on the SEC. So we'll do our predictions here quick, but some of the other players to know, we mentioned Quinshawn Judkins, the consensus kind of top running back in the country. Brock Bowers, the massive, super athletic tight end for Georgia. He may be the best player in the entire conference. Cedric Van Prand is the center for Georgia. He's going to be in the NFL. J.C. Latham, a tackle for Alabama, also going to be in the NFL. Uh, mentioned Kool-Aid McKinstry, another future NFL player. Um, LSU linebacker Harold Perkins and Dallas Turner, also a linebacker. Malachi Starks and Javon Bullard. So you look at these all-American teams and these top players in the country. A lot of Georgia, a lot of Alabama. KJ Jefferson, Raheem Sanders, both at Arkansas. Just getting you familiar with some of the names that you're going to hear a lot as you turn on the TV Saturdays this fall. Uh, those kind of some of the top ones to know. I do want to play your little... uh Basically, we're going to play the Is Jimbo Going to Get Fired game. What is the Texas A&M schedule and over-under? Let's do your little game with the Aggies, if that's a timely thing that doesn't take too much research. You know what? It's your show, Darren. We'll make anything happen. I got seven and a half as the over-under, but going over is minus 170. Oh. So maybe you can find it at a eight somewhere else. Under seven and a half, plus 150. You could probably do like a exact wins bet for them and and make some money. If you said they're going to win exactly nine games, you could probably get some good money on that deal. All right. So we've got A&M week one versus New Mexico. Win. At Miami of Florida. Win. Louisiana Monroe. Win. So we're 3-0 going into a home game against Auburn. Win. At Arkansas. Win. So they're 5-0 when they host Alabama. Loss. At Tennessee. Is there a bye week after Alabama? There's a bye week after Tennessee. Hmm. No. So they're going to win that game. Give them six. So we're six and one heading into the bye. They play Spencer Rattler on a Halloween weekend. Where's that game? It is in uh AM, Aggieville. What's it called? Texas College, College Field. 
College Station. That's a win. So we're Spencer seven, ain't going in there and winning. So we're seven and one with four games left to play. Taking on the mighty mighty Lane Kiffin Ole Miss running Rebels at Ole Miss. I'll give him a loss there. We're seven and two, hosting Mississippi State. Win. So we're at eight and two. Abilene Christian for their cupcake game. Win. And then at LSU, last regular season game. Loss. So we got him to nine and three. There you go. Hammer that over on Texas A&M. What, what were my odds? Plus 170, plus 150 to get that over seven and a half? It was minus 170 over. It was minus 170 for over seven and a half. But you can probably find it for like eight somewhere else to get, get better if you're thinking nine. Is nine and three good enough to save Jimbo? Yeah. Can they fire him? Did they have money to fire him? With the greatest recruiting class in the history of sports. I don't think the money is the issue. Like we're talking about billionaires, like 70 or 80 million is nothing to those guys. I don't think they're going to pull the trigger unless it's as bad as last year. If, if they win nine games, they're good. There's a little side tangent on that. So to put a bow on the SEC, your conference championship game and how many teams will make the playoff? LSU Alabama. over Georgia. Two. Both of them, or are we going to get like a Alabama with one loss? No, those two, LSU and Georgia. Um, Georgia over Alabama. Georgia makes it. I go Alabama over Georgia. Only Alabama's getting in. Georgia's going to slip up somewhere else. Going to be a two-loss team. There's going to be four, one, or no-loss conference champions. There you go. So we got an an Alabama, an LSU, and a Georgia. Good sprinkling it around. We haven't agreed on either of the first two conferences. So to finish up this week's episode, we're going to go here quick through the mid-majors. I don't have a whole lot prepared on a lot of these. But I'll just go conference by conference for the mid-majors and see if anybody sticks out to you guys. The ever-changing American Athletic Conference, which kind of looks like a mishmash of old Big East schools, former Sunbelt teams, and some Conference USA. UTSA looks like they may be the kings here. Our aforementioned beloved Rice program. SMU, Memphis always tough. Tulane, what did they bring back from last year? What What do we like out of the AAAC Well, first of all, my biggest issue with this conference is they scheduled Tulane and UTSA the last week of the season. And so those are supposed to be the top two teams, and they're going to play each other and then maybe have to play each other second week in a row for the conference championship game, which is kind of lame. But then for those teams, they're trying to get into the New Year's Six Bowl, right? They're probably one of the two conferences that has the best shot at this. And one team could lose the last week of the regular season and the other team could beat them back in the conference championship and knock each other out of that spot. Poor scheduling, play that game in early October, build up for them to have it come back again. So bad job out of them. That's all I have for the American fun conference though, to watch this year. Yeah. You make a lot of good points with that. I really love that Tulane got a lot of credit last year and did so well and had an awesome comeback in their bowl game and, and just finished on a high note. It's a great program. Clearly have to rebuild. Um, in the off season, but he's done that the right way throughout his time there. And so I'm with you on those two teams making it. Um, Florida Atlantic is probably a year away. 
Um, you made a comment about East Carolina being decent earlier. It'd be kind of fun to see them come through. I, I don't think they will. So I, I'm on. I'm with you on Tulane and UTSA. UTSA has, uh, from the list I'm looking at, seven of the first team offensive players in the conference. <laughs> That's a high high percentage of the team. Their offense will be rolling this year again. So the UTSA head coach, Jeff Trailer, who I know nothing about, his first year there was the COVID, COVID 2020 year. He's 30-9 and nine in his tenure there, so it feels like a Big 12 or an SEC team will be calling him this offseason. He signed a huge extension, and I mean lengthwise, maybe after his second year. So, like, if if you could type in his extension while I'm talking, I'm pretty sure he signed like a ten year extension, and I'm not joking. Let's see if Wikipedia has a quick answer. Da, 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 da. When I when I see that for a school like this, I feel like he's just trying to help out the school because he likes them a lot and knows that they're going to make a good payday when some large school comes for him if they do someday. So correct, it's kind of like yep. uh, thank you UTSA, I like you guys. Let's make sure you guys get some money to uh, keep this going once I leave. Yep. So he he had previous stints at Texas and Arkansas. Arkansas likes to fire coaches every couple of years. They may be wanting him to come back, but do not have anything. Ooh, he worked for Texas A&M a little bit as well. Or no, family did. Sorry. Um, so looking at the other coaches, American Conference has a lot of fun coaches. That's what I like about these smaller ones. Biff Pogie taking over at Charlotte as their coach. Charlie Fry, if you remember that quarterback name, an assistant at, under Tom Herman at FAU. Mark Tuiasasopo is the offensive coordinator at Rice. Steve Spurrier Jr. is the offensive coordinator for the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. So, Trent Dilfer. I'm going to say Trent Dilfer taking over at UAB. Willie Fritz, I don't know what his future is at Tulane. If he's sticking around there, you mentioned Alex Golish, Rhett Lashley still at SMU, uh, Tom Herman. So the... The oh yeah, that guy is still a coach, and the next wave of Power Five coaches hanging out in this conference. What do we think about Trent Dilfer? UAB going to be a contender in year one, or is this going to be a failed experiment? Or just give him a couple Probably of years, and make him not a, not contender at least. He's he's got some work to do, I think, before they would be anywhere near contender, even if he's a good coach. So sounds like UTSA is our prohibitive favorite here on the AAC. Going on down to Conference USA, this kind of feels like the one that's been pillaged and they're just kind of taking whatever team they can. I feel like 10 years ago, Conference USA was the best of the mid-majors and they've fallen off just kind of taking teams from all over the place. Welcoming Sam Houston to the Division One, I believe. Is there two teams that joined Division One this year? Sam Houston and somebody else? State. Jacksonville State. There we go. So those two both coming in. I feel like this... Just I just want to pick Western Kentucky because they're going to have a quarterback that's going to throw for 5,000 yards and they're going to have a dynamite offense. Liberty, didn't Liberty lose our beloved Hugh Freeze? Where'd he go off to? He's currently at Auburn. Um, yes. Taking them for millions of dollars before he gets fired for... I, I guess now you can pay players. So he's got to do something else stupid before he gets fired from there. Which he might. He Which, might do that. Stuff. There's no might about that, Kevin. He's doing it. Um but Liberty has Jamie Chadwell from Coastal Carolina. I I love these mid-major coaches. Mike McIntyre at FIU. Remember, he got Colorado relevant. Rich Rod popping up. Dude, dude, uh, where's Rich Rod? 
Your trot is the Jacksonville state coach. He was, oh yeah. This is his second yeah. year. I totally forgot that. Um, FIU with Mike McIntyre, that dude, that, Oh, it's, I think it's three or three and a half. They're going to win six games. Uh, the money that I'm saving from not having a nurse, I'm putting it there instead. Um, that he can coach football, take the over to the bank. Uh, let's visit the first week of December about that bet. And what's what's the over? What three whatever. or three and a half? This, and conference matter. Conference USA is not a dynamite conference. New Mexico State is better, but still not great. Louisiana Tech, Jacksonville State, UTEP, Middle Tennessee is always a little bit dangerous. And we don't know how Sam Houston and Jacksonville State are going to fare in this conference. What do we got for an FIU schedule? If Rich Rod's the answer, you don't want to know the question. There's one win. So Louisiana Tech. Did you not watch West Virginia with me back in the day? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sober. They were fantastic. Steve Slayton. That, that was his uh, White. Yeah, who who was their combo? They had they had back running back duo. Steve Slayton. They were so fun. They were fast. See on those teams. Yeah, yeah and uh, uh, Pac Man. Yeah, Pac Man uh, Jones. Jones. Yeah. yeah, what was Rich Rod doing to get all that? Come on, <laughs> coaching, coaching them up. Yeah, and another one with these fun coaches: Mike McIntyre, Rich Rod. You mentioned Jamie Chadwell taking over at Liberty. Sonny Cumby, Louisiana Tech coach in his second year. Rick Stockstill has been at Middle Tennessee forever. Jerry Kill from Minnesota in his second year at New Mexico State. All right, Kevin, I'm going to let you do the win loss on FIU because I am biased towards nine and three. Oh. Nine and three. All right, so we've got at Louisiana Tech. Well, that Shannon took my team with Louisiana Tech earlier. Um, I'm going to take a loss there. Maine. When? North Texas at home. Um, loss. So we're one and two at UConn, your beloved UConn Huskies. Loss, never being UConn. One and three, hosting Liberty. Um, lose to Liberty. At New Mexico State. This is where they figure it out, get a win at New Mexico State. And that'll be a, that's a good win. Hosting, hosting UTEP. Oh, I like my UTEP minors, but um, I think they're going back down. Let's take FIU. Sam Houston. At Sam Houston. Win. Win, yeah. I don't care about the new teams. Two wins in a row. So we got Shannon, did you get that Jacksonville State win as well? Okay. At Middle Tennessee. Mm, loss. At Arkansas. Loss. And hosting Western Kentucky. Loss. So that gives us five and seven on the regular season for FIU, which may be good enough to get in the Conference USA conference title game. So our over under was three and a half. Yes, it, let's let's say it was three and a half. Man, there's yeah, money. I oh, I got half, three, yeah. three. Money all day on the show. Five wins for FIU. Three and a half. That's what I have. Yeah. Well, there's our. Uh, we we love FIU Conference USA. Liberty feels like the safe pick because Hugh Freeze presumably left something. But I'll go with Western Kentucky just for because I like the offense. Here's something fun yeah. that I want to share with you. Go ahead, finish that thought. Oh, I was to say, yeah, Western Kentucky, but this is the the lamest conference. Yes, they're uh, UTEP's head coach. 
He has coached 57 games for them. His record is 17 and 40. Yes. But weren't they like uh, second place one year? They <laughs> yeah. like make the championship game or something like that. Almost made a championship game. They were terrible probably when he started. And then they had a big uptick. And now maybe not so much anymore. Last couple of years. Hopefully he signed a big contract for himself too once they were good for one season after being bad for 20 years. <laughs> All right, so you are. I'm. I'm not even going to take them in the Webby because last year I took them and they didn't win me enough games. But to say that they're going to win less than three games is silliness. Like FIU all the way. They're no, they're not winning the conference. Obviously, I think. I think you got it with Western Kentucky, and we need to move on to a different conference. But man, hammer that over three with all the money that you have in the world. So we have the independence here, not a conference, but. This dwindling field, we're down to Army, Notre Dame, Kevin's beloved UConn, and the Bethy under-two-win UMass team. Don't know if there's much to talk about here other than what Notre Dame's got going on. Playoff contender, really about all it boils down to with Notre Dame. They play Ohio State. That's going to be kind of tough. And USC. If they lose one game, are they still still in this running? I think they get... I think do. I think because their name is Notre Dame, one loss they're still in, but they could fall at NC State. And then you mentioned Ohio State, Louisville should be better. Yeah, it's I think it's going to be tough to come out of Ohio State, USC, and Clemson with only one loss. Yeah, I don't see that. I don't see how that can happen. Um, one loss, Notre Dame's getting in, but um, maybe a two loss, depending on what happens in the Pac-12, but certainly... Not uh, certainly a one loss Notre Dame would get in. No, I will say they have they have Sam Hartman. He's he's a pretty good quarterback. Um, they they finished the season pretty well last year. They did, did lose the USC, um, but after that bad bad start early in the season, they kind of picked it up a little bit. Got a lot of that defense back. I don't see anything better in ten and two, so I'd probably say no this year. Um, but. It would be would be interesting if they're down there late in the season playing at Clemson with maybe no losses. Um, a shot, but a far shot to get in. We'll go down to the beloved Mac here, the Maction conference that I've really kind of fallen off on. I don't don't really know as much about this conference. Somebody tried to convince me that Ohio is going to be sort of kind of good this year. Miami of Ohio is supposed to be a contender. Buffalo's up and down. Eastern Michigan, Central Michigan, Western Michigan. I, to me, I feel like the Mac is totally upside down from what it used to be, and I have no idea what to make of this conference. Ohio won ten games last year, an elite program. So, um, you need to know that. But yeah, it's it always changes every couple of years. The coaches, when they get good, they move on. So there is a lot of a lot of flipping going around. Um, Kent State's gonna be absolutely terrible. They they were a five-win team last year, four and four in the MAC. They'll be terrible. Akron's still terrible. So that, that east side, um, you know, it seems a little bit down the west. Northern Illinois was down a lot last year, but we all know they're going to be in the playoffs this year, basically, with Lombardi back at quarterback, and they're going to be super awesome. Toledo's still good, and all the directional Michigan schools. There's always at least one of them that's a pretty decent decent school in eastern Michigan is, is kind of going ups, but it's – it's a lot of teams that are all similar. I don't think if anyone loses to anyone else in the conference, you'd probably be surprised at this point in time. And it's, it is hard to keep track of them because coaches don't stay there. Um, it is fun. Makes the Tuesday nights in November fun. 
but I don't think there's anything too noteworthy with the conference. So Northern Illinois at plus 1,400 to make the MAC championship game. That's like your going-to-happen bet at easy money, right? The one hurdle, Toledo, is a pretty good team. So, I mean, they could easily, uh, you know, go like – seven and one in the Mac and not make it. So that is, uh, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's the one, the one hurdle there, but you know, that, that was odds. It might still be worth it to, uh, to do a little bit into that. So Eastern, Eastern Michigan is, uh, Oh, uh, they're over under is seven wins, um, which is pretty cool to see. Like they've had their coach for quite a while and, um, seven wins would be really nice for them. Central Michigan has Jim McElwain, which we've kind of talked about his track record in the past, but he, he's one where he's been. And uh, those are the two directional Michigan schools to be over 500. Um, Western Michigan is going to be awful, so don't spend any time on them. Uh, Toledo, Toledo's definitely the one to um, feel safe about. I don't know about Ohio. I know they were good last year. I don't know that they're going to be good this year. So I I like Toledo. I kind of like Buffalo if we're going to go that route. So um, I'll take Toledo and Buffalo in the MAC title game, and I will watch it even if it is on a Tuesday or Thursday night. I'm I'm going to take uh, Mr. McIlwain, Central Michigan over Ohio MAC championship game. It was strange looking at the Ohio schedule last year and seeing that Iowa State and Penn State's outcomes against Ohio were basically the same. That Ohio was a decent team, and that Iowa State team managed to wipe the floor with them in a similar fashion that Penn State did. And then the rest of the season was not the same between Iowa State and Penn State or with Ohio. Ohio has a lot of people coming back, though, including one uh, Parker Titsworth at center. He's a guy to look for there. And uh, the Mac, probably one of the best players in the Mac. You you know your offensive lineman. Way to go. I do. Yes. He is uh, not listed in the top three teams in the MAC roster I have here. So that's probably an oversight. He has to be one of the best centers in the conference. But anyway. Well, we'll move on here to the Mountain West. One of my favorite conferences, at least for as long as it exists, whether or not it gets swallowed up by the Pac-12 or steals what's left of the Pac-12. Always going to have Boise State in there. Wyoming, maybe with Craig Bull, finally going to turn the corner. San Diego State with Brady Hoke and Fresno State with Jeff Tedford leading the way. Kind of feel good about Fresno and Boise. Not too much surprising there. Uh, Again, Jeff Tedford at Fresno State, Brady Hoke with San Diego State. Boise Boise State's offensive coordinator is a guy named Bush Hamden. Wonderful name. Craig Bull at Wyoming. Jay Norvell at Colorado State, one of the most downtrodden teams in the last decade, looking for some fresh life there. And Timmy Chang, one of the great college quarterbacks at his alumna, uh, alumnus. Therefore, the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors had a terrible first year. Hopefully a big step forward for them. So not a whole lot of insight on the Mountain West. I just really like their games and a lot of their teams. But I'm going to be boring and say Fresno beats Boise. That is pretty boring. Um, I'm going to say Air Force gets in there. Let's put Air Force in there, make it a little fun with Air Force, and they'll they will uh, they'll play Boise State and they'll lose to Boise State. I do like Utah State. They're one of those teams I can never remember if Utah State is good or bad. 
They did win six games last year. Hey, they're middle. Lost the bowl game by 28 points to Memphis. So Not as good. And they did lose to Weber State by 28 points. But I'm sure Weber State was really good last year. <laughs> Waiting for Shannon to finish his deep dive of research on the Mountain West. Uh, Boise State. I kind of like them. Um, knowing that Fresno State, like, I don't know what to think about Jeff Tedford. Like, I really want to like him. And then you see him, and he's like... He's one of those guys that has a punchable face. And I don't like, I'm not in, I don't, I'm not an aggressive individual, but you look at Jeff Tedford and you're like, how? And then you realize what he did with Aaron Rodgers and Marshawn Lynch when he was at Cal and he just won football games. And then last year at Fresno, he just started winning football games. So it's like, <sighs> I'm, I'm kind of resigned to the fact that Fresno is going to be there. Here's what I like about Boise State. Aaron, Eric Chenander is their defensive coordinator. And when he was the defensive coordinator at UCF and they had a bunch of players, they were really good. And so he was going to turn Nebraska around and he could not help the fact that Scott Frost, who held nobody accountable and was a horrible leader at Nebraska, which was a complete 180 from what he was at UCF is like, I, I like Chenander on the uh, rebound. So between Boise State and Fresno State, it's it's going to be one of those two. Like I can appreciate you like an Air Force and wanting them to do well, but it's it's got to be Boise State and Fresno State. Boise State regular season schedule. I'm looking at nine wins. Here's a fun game for you. September 9th, Boise UCF. Where's it at? Boise. Hmm. That is a fun game. Who's our pick? Now that's after Boise goes to Washington. I right. imagine they're going to be a little bit more hyped up for going to Washington and then coming down from whether, I mean, if they pull off some kind of win at Washington and now you're coming back for a home game. They could also be looking ahead to North Dakota. Could be looking at North Dakota, but yeah, so that, I think, I don't know how much that really plays it, but you know, seeing Boise playing Washington up front there, that's, that's going to be much more interesting and desirable to them than it is central Florida. Yeah. So there's gonna be a lot more, they might be on a low coming off of that game and could just slip up regardless of how good they are. We will I wonder if Michael Penix Jr. will win the Heisman during that game. <laughs> Should give it to him. Let's probably let's go UCF on that, Darren. That's really hard to bounce back after Washington just curb stomps them. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Washington is my team that I'm bearish on while everybody else is loving the Huskies. I'm a Penix fan, I think he'll have a great year and I think they have a great future. Just think it's going to be a tough road for them this year. But anyway, Sunbelt Conference, our final conference. One of the more fun mid-majors, I think, especially the East, when you have App State, Marshall, Coastal Carolina, James Madison is suddenly good. Old Dominion usually stuns Virginia Tech or somebody every year. On the other side, wide open. I don't know if any of them are really that good. Troy may be your best team with Arkansas State and Louisiana down. Uh, 
So at the very least, I think the Eastern side of Conference USA is fun. Again, looking at the coaches here, John Summerall, the coach of Troy, had a great first year. Mike Shanahan is the offensive coordinator for James Madison, but I have confirmed it is a different one. <laughs> South, Alabama, South Alabama, Kane Womack's had a nice start there. He's a name I'm keeping an eye on for bigger jobs in the future. Major Applewhite is his offensive coordinator, if you remember that name from the Texas throwback days. Uh, Clay Helton getting another shot here. Remember him from his Pac-12 days now at Georgia Southern. Terry Bowden, Louisiana Monroe. Butch Jones at Arkansas State. So he's been 5-19 and 19 in two years there. Uh, so there's your Sun Belt quick rundown. Probably be the same teams you saw last year. Coastal Carolina seems to be uh, keeping things going fairly well there, at least for maybe another year or so. Um, Marshall. Here and there, good. Um, James Madison's kind of figuring things out now in FBS. But I'll say I'll say the West Division wins it this year, um, whether it's South Alabama or Troy. So whoever wins the West between those two teams, I will take to win the Sun Belt. I don't know why you're sleeping on South Alabama, Darren. No, I, I like them. I just need more to prove. I'm, I'm all for Kane Womack having a Big Ten win season. So so they're going to win the Sun Belt. I don't care who they're playing. I I think with Coastal Carolina losing Jamie Chadwell, they're they're going to come back to earth. Um, you may remember Georgia Southern a few years ago, or heck, it might have been last year. When whenever it was, they went to Nebraska and won that game. That was pretty freaking baller. And I know Clay Helton is a terrible coach, but I'm glad that he got that win. Um, I like South Alabama over App State. In the Sun Belt. Who was Coastal's coach that left? Jamie Chadwell. Okay, that guy. And he we talked about him earlier. He is at Liberty. Liberty. Oh, that's is that a is that a move up? Um I don't know about a move up, but you follow the money, right? Slightly, slightly up. Very slightly. So just I want to pick South Alabama, but just to be different, I'll say James Madison, the Dukes beat South Alabama. So to finish up this episode, if we want to get any other quick hitters from you guys on the conferences, we didn't discuss anything we didn't discuss, and then we'll finish up with predictions for your four playoff teams. I think we perfectly covered everything in these conferences. We did. Yeah, let's let's do our final four, and then maybe uh, maybe we can pick a Heisman before or after that. Yeah, let's yeah let's do the four and then go Heisman. Okay. So. You go first, Shannon. Um, Ohio State, Georgia, Oregon, South Alabama. Alabama. Kevin's nope, I lied. I have to take Alabama out. I took him out earlier. Oh, dang it. Uh, okay, Florida State. Kevin's over there doing Oppenheimer stuff. Georgia, Ohio State, Oregon, Florida State. Final answer. So we're going to start with the best team, and that's Michigan. So that's one. Georgia is going to be undefeated in the regular season, so they'll be in two. LSU is going to beat Georgia. Can't leave the SEC champion out, so we're at three. 
And I think this is where it's going to get super tricky and where everyone's going to be really happy to be leaving behind the four-team playoff because the teams five, six, and seven people will think they have a shot to actually be the best team in the country and someone's going to get left out, whether that is Ohio State, Florida State maybe even up there, someone else in the Pac-12, maybe Texas surprises a little bit, of Penn State, something like that. But I am going to go with USC. I figure that uh, Caleb Williams, star quarterback, kind of feels like that's Lincoln Riley as well, put together this amazing season. Even though I, I feel like there's multiple teams in the Pac-12 that are definitely what Lincoln Riley struggles against, then it's going to be hard for him to beat beat those teams. I'll say he gets it done this year with Caleb Williams. Um, and they'll get into the playoffs and immediately lose by a lot of points to somebody. Michigan, USC, LSU, Georgia. So I think a couple same similar ones in there. So I'm going Alabama 1, Michigan 2, Oregon 3, Clemson 4. So we've got the Heisman odds here in front of me, according to Sports Illustrated, SI.com. Caleb Williams is your favorite at plus 350. North Carolina quarterback Drake May, Oregon quarterback Bo Nix, Jordan Travis out of Florida, Michael Penix out of Washington, Quinn, they called him Evers, Quinn Ewers out of Texas, Brock Vandegriff out of Georgia quarterback, Sam Hartman, Cade Klubnik, Jaden Daniels, Joe Milton, Drew Aller, Ty Simpson, Kyle McCord, JJ McCarthy, Dylan Gabriel, and then we get our first running back who is Donovan Edwards out of Michigan who's not even their best running back. So about 15 quarterbacks to choose from before we get into some other players. So who's your pick here? I don't want to say Caleb Williams. Right. That would be pretty boring. So I'm not going to say Caleb Williams. Let's... I am going to say... throwing. Let's, let's go a little slightly off the wall and banking on Shannon being right with his final four and say Jordan Travis, Florida State... Big season. Everybody's happy to have a Florida State guy back in there. I, I, I want to say Penix Jr., but he could throw like 80 touchdowns and zero interceptions, and no one's going to watch or care since he's playing in the West Coast, um, which is why they don't have a conference anymore. But um, let's go Jordan Travis. Oh, you just angered the entire uh, Pacific time zone with that comment. But it was correct. I mean, oh, don't, they don't it's care. It's unfortunate. People yeah, should yeah. watch Michael Penix, and I'll happily watch him at like 11.59 p.m. Central Standard Time a lot this year. Hey, and, and also, Bo Nix was my pick for Heisman last year. Um, and so he didn't get the love that he deserved, so I've learned that as well. Like They, they don't get appreciated for how good of players they are. Um, Darren, I'm going to give it to Cade Klubnik. Yeah. He's my Heisman pick. I like it. If that happens, Clemson for sure in, in the playoffs. Um, well, I, I like Bo Nix. I like Penix. Jordan Travis intrigues me, but if I had to put money down, I'm going to go Drake May. I'm going to buy into the hype. I, I don't know if it's intentional, but it feels like the Heisman treats that two wins thing kind of sacred not letting anybody else but Archie Griffin have it. So I don't think they're the Heisman voters going to go with Caleb Williams unless he has a historic untouchable season, a Joe Burrow-esque year. 
So I'll go Drake May, the guy I'm really curious about, and the odds I see are plus 4,500, is Marvin Harrison Jr. He's going to be a beast. I think he'll be everybody, every bit as good, if not better, than Devontae Smith was the year that he won Ohio State offense, and their wide receivers are always fantastic. And he looks like he may be better than Smith and Jigba or anybody else they've had there. So keep an eye on Marvin Harrison Jr. So we've got Drake May. I like it. Drake May, Jordan Travis, and Kate Klubnik are three top picks here. I Yeah, Marvin Harrison's really, really fun to watch. That's a solid, solid one outside the box there of the quarterback mentality. All right. Well, that's going to be our show for this week. Thank you all for joining us. Finished our college football previews. Hope to have these two on more throughout the football season. Talk college football, NFL, and everything in between. Going to be doing a fantasy football preview next week and then NFL AFC preview and NFC preview the two weeks after that. So there's the next three weeks on the calendar. We thank you all for joining us. We will see you next time. 